Welcome to Windsor Christian Fellowship Church Podcast. Our church vision is to win generations to Christ, connect them to His master plan, empower them to succeed, and grow the kingdom of God. For other podcast resources or more information about Windsor Christian Fellowship, please visit us at www.wcf.ca. All right, who's ready for the word today? No, I'm being serious. Who's ready for the word? Because I say this all the time, and I say this to the youth all the time, and you might hear me just repeat it all the time, that it's just not ink on paper in the Bible. This is a living word of God that transforms us so that we can be different, not just in here, but on the outside, somebody. Now, when I like to speak, when I speak, when I preach, I don't mind you guys coming back at me and shouting amen and encouraging me. It's not to make my head bigger. It's not about that. It's encouraging each other, building each other up. But it also what it does is when I used to go to, I used to be a hairstylist, when I used to go to shows and I used to be like, man, that's good. What it does, it brings me a a, a passion and a desire to know that I can accomplish that too. And when we say amen, when we say, come on, preacher, when we get involved, something happens in the inside, like God is burning something, a desire in you so that you can can use what you've been taught, the living word, not ink on paper, to transform the world out there. Somebody, can you get a name? Can I get an amen on that one? Right? And, and I got to be honest with you. I got to be honest with you. Thank you, Des. You need to be up here with me. I got to be honest with you. I get nervous when I have to preach. I know there's people that say, you don't look nervous. Trust me, I get very nervous. I have to get outside my comfort zone. But I know that God has called me to get into ministry, into full-time ministry. So I don't want to just bury that like in the scripture verse today. God has given us some abilities. And I don't want us, church family, I don't want us family to bury the values that God has given you because you have some abilities to help those values, those possessions that God has placed in front of you. Amen. See, this message came about, talking with Pastor RJ, about the church I see is a church that we invest in. And this message came about when Tony Miller was here in our conference, Victorious Faith. And Tony Miller was reading that verse. He brought up that verse and talked about our abilities. Now in the King James Version, it talks about instead of money, it's placed with goods. And that goods is the possessions of God's, his valuables. How many of you know his valuable mostly is people? And I had to ask myself, Lord God, you have given me some abilities. I gotta ask myself, what am I doing with the abilities that you've blessed me with? Because everything that I put my hands to is to do it for you and give you honor and glory. And if I think it was because of me, myself, that accomplished these things, then I'm missing the whole point of why I'm here on earth. And it struck me so hard that I could not hide it, I could not bury it, that I started doing things outside the church. Listen, I have a talent in cutting hair, so I went to a youth organization And I got my police clearance and I had an interview with them. And eventually I'm going to start working in there. Now, I would like to cut hair for the youth that are on the streets. But right now I'm not going to be able to do that. Right now I'm going to have to serve some food and and be a servant to them. But my hope is that just maybe, maybe I could use some of my other abilities that God has blessed me with for the people outside these doors. The church I see is a church that we invest in to invest in the youth, to invest in children's church, to invest outside this 
room. Can we play just a little game before I get started on the message? Is that okay? No, I need a little bit. I, okay. You guys all need this as church. We can have some fun in church. It's okay. You could all just breathe, release. All right, we're relaxed. We're relaxed because we need to be relaxed at church sometimes. Not too relaxed to where you're a little bit more comfortable than you should be, which we're going to get into in the message a little bit later today. <laughs> Let's play a little bit of a game called charades. See, because this week I didn't get to play my family game with the family. You know, we usually have a family night. And this week we watched a movie. Jen's not feeling that good. She's a little sick, so we just kind of watched a movie. I kind of forget what movie it was. I can't remember now, but I don't, I don't even remember. It was, yeah, I think I kind of fell asleep. I don't remember. Anyways, let's play a game. Can we do that for me? If any, if not for you guys, but for me, just to help your pastor out today. Come on, I need you guys a little bit more excited than that. We're going to play a game. Well, not that excited. It's only charades. So. <laughs> it's not like, woo, charades. Yeah, let's play charades, man. We're going to have a little game called charades. Now, I'm not that good at charades, so you're going to have to bear with me, but I'm going to start not talking because you don't talk in charades. I'm going to start doing finger motions and you guys are just going to go with that, okay? So right now, we're going to start now. Bingo, drinking cold water. Winner, winner, no chicken dinner for you, no gift card. But good job, good job. All right. I told you I'm not that good at this game. I usually get the lowest points when we play this. All right. Second time, second time. I don't. Oh, thank you. But Oh, no, you mean hot water. All right. Drinking hot water. Give it up for yourselves. Good job. Good job. Whew, that was nerve-wracking because I didn't know if I could pull that off. Let's turn to Revelations 3.14. If you're taking notes, we're going to Revelations 3.14. This is the NIV version. To the angel of the church in Laodicea write, these are the words of the amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds, that you're neither cold nor hot. You get the charades part now? Come on, I'm going somewhere with it. I just don't tell a joke just to tell a joke. Well, sometimes I do, but anyways, this has meaning. I know your deeds, that you're neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you're lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. You say I am rich, I have acquired wealth, and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Now, i got to read that one more time. He's saying the Lord God himself, the creator of this world, the universe, a ruler of God's creation, he's saying to these people, because they're not hot or cold, they're, they're either hot or nor cold, they're lukewarm, this is what they are, and they don't even realize it, that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I mean, these are some heart-wrenching words, wouldn't you say? It's a little heart-wrenching. Like, these guys, they don't even realize. This is a church, somebody, in Laodicea, a church, 
Christians, people who say they follow Jesus Christ. And he goes on to say, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so you can become rich and white clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness and salve to put on your eyes so that you can see. Jesus is saying, I want you to receive from me my desires to become your desires, my will to become your will, my passion, my excitement, my word to become the living word inside of each and every one of you. Not gold for yourself, not from yourself, not self to open up your own eyes, the worldly eyes, but self to open up your spiritual eyes so that you can receive from me. For you do not know that you're poor, blind, wretched, pitiful, and naked. And I have to ask myself, Lord God, is this the church of North America sometimes? I mean, I, I, and, and, and here's the thing, family. This message, and please, please, I want you to understand something. This message is not to condemn you because we would never give a message to condemn. But this message is to encourage you. And I'm hoping that it would encourage you to light a fire inside of you to, so that you can move forward into what God has called you to move in. See, Jesus says right after that, he says to them in verse 19, those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. Amen. He's saying this out of love. And I'm coming from a heart filled with love for, my, for myself and for you guys because I don't want us being caught, not even realizing it, that we've been wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked because we've been receiving everything from the world. See, this is the thing with the church of Laodicea. They had everything going for them. They're a very wealthy city in now what we call Turkey. And they were wealthy. They had everything for them. They had doctors to put salve on people's eyes to take care of them. But the problem was the people were relying more on the doctors than they were on the word of God. Nothing wrong with doctors. But when you start putting what God has blessed you with and you start putting them before God, well, now there's an issue. They started putting their wealth and their material prosperity way before God. And God is saying, man, you're relying on all this stuff when I am the one that you come, that I give you the desires and the blessings and the, de and the will to live and to move forward, that come from, with me from my passion and get excitement from me. Because Jesus has a lot of passion and a lot of excitement to somebody when you start reading scripture and you let Jesus come into your heart to transform you and change you from who you used to be. And he goes on and he says, but you lack one thing. You're lukewarm. See, because this is the thing that they lacked cold or hot water and all the water that came from them that came to them was coming from an aqueduct or from a from a pipeline so to speak and they would receive this cold water from another town but when this cold water came down it turned lukewarm by the time they got to drink it and he says you're lukewarm i will spit you out now here's the debate on this it's not a big debate it's okay to disagree on this it's okay to disagree sometimes in church family because guess what i disagree with my wife half the time guess i'm not going to leave her we disagree and out the door we don't like any discomfort come on somebody look at the united states right now the way they disagree and bicker and it's okay to disagree, but let's get some, some peace about it. 
Now, 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 I was talking to Pastor RJ about this. I was telling him, like, your thoughts on this. I want to hear some thoughts from other pastors. And he said, just be careful because there's some parts in the Bible, yes, there aren't two sides to it. You know, like, for example, fornication. I believe fornication is a sin. It's not like, well, is it? I don't know. Does a Bible? No, it's sin, right? So there's some things that we don't argue. Sin is sin. But in this case, this is a time where you could be like, really, I could see both ways because when you study it and what scholars say, in history, this is the thing in history, when they excavated places in Turkey, they found that there are these pipelines and these aqueducts and all that. And they noticed what, and if this is, this is the case, then Jesus knew that the Laodiceans would understand this because they received hot water, but then cold water, I mean, lukewarm water came out. See, cold water for some people could mean not serving God at all. And hot water could mean you're fervent and on passion and on fire for God. Or it could mean because of the history of this excavation that the cold water could also mean a refreshing, being refreshing for God, being refreshing for somebody else, and being on fire, hot for God, being fervent. But, but here's the point, family. Let's focus on lukewarm. Let's focus on that for a minute. Because they received this lukewarm water that Jesus says, I will spit you out. And I can't help but just wonder, Lord God, I don't want to be that church. Individually, I don't want to be that person. And when this lukewarm water came in, what it caused was complacency and apathy. That's what lukewarm does. In fact, complacency means smug, self-satisfied. Everything's going okay. I don't have to change a thing. This is good. Apathy means emotionless, unmotivated. In fact, when you look up that word, it also means lukewarm. Can we be a church that is so apathetic, so emotionless, but yet we're poor, blind, wretched, and naked? See, we could stay in this, and I'm all good for this worshiping and praising and singing to the Lord, but there's more than that. See, the Laodiceans stayed in their comfort zone. This is good. This is all we need. Let's just take care of ourselves. What more can we do? And they're becoming apathetic. And they're becoming complacent. Comfort. Comfort is what happened to them. They got so comfortable, and I say comfortable a little bit wrong, so just bear with me when I mess up on the word. They get so comfortable in where they live that now when it comes through, because they're in their comfort, they become apathetic and complacent. Comfort can be a danger. Comfort can cause us to be emotionless. Now, I'm not, family, I'm not talking about that it's okay not to be comfortable it's okay. It's okay. Some days, guess what, man? I want to wear some jogging pants, a sweater. I don't want to style my hair, and it's all curly and frizzy, and I'm okay with that. My wife doesn't like it. I don't get any lip service that day, but you know what? Honey, today's my day. I'm going to eat ice cream. Well, really not ice cream, but something in the lungs of ice cream, yogurt, frozen yogurt. I don't know. I'm just going to be comfortable. But what I want to try to say is it's not okay to always just go after something. See, it's not about going after something all the time. See, because you could always keep moving and getting out of your comfort zone, but you're always trying to lose those extra pounds. Somebody, you know what I'm talking about? And you need five more pounds to lose and you start losing it. But in the whole time you're doing it, your family is in disarray. 
You're losing your husband or your wife, your kids. You're losing your kids. You don't even know what's going on in life. All because you're going after something, chasing something because it's not after God. And then, and then all of a sudden, somebody's trying to lose those five pounds and then an affair happens. I see it. I hear about it. Come on, somebody. I was a hairdresser, and I saw when people started doing those things. I'm like, be careful not to chase that. Listen, we don't want to stay comfortable. We keep wanting to move, to grow, but it needs to be a blessing for others in our process when we grow. Do you catch what I'm saying? Because I don't want us thinking, I don't want you walking out here thinking, oh, I got to do this, I got to do this, and the whole time, everything else is in disarray and chaos. But we need to step forward. And not be comfortable because comfort brings apathy and complacency. It reminds me in a Bible verse in Luke 12. If you're taking notes, Luke 12, NIV, verse 18. Then he said, now this is the farmer who stored up all these riches and kept it for himself. And this is what he says. This is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store up my surplus grain. And I will say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Get comfortable. Take it easy. Relax. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool. This very night you will be de- your life will be demanded from... Can I just stop for just a quick second? That's the third time that we just read that your life will be taken away from you. You'll be taken away from, from, the, from the scripture verse to when he buried it, take it away from him, to the Laodiceans, take it away from them. And now here, three times, and that's just three verses. I'm sure there's even more in the Bible when we let comfort in the, in breed complacency and apathy. And he goes on, but God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then you will get what you have prepared for yourself. See, because you're preparing everything from the worldly ways, that that's all your rewards are going to be. And I can't use you. In fact, when you come to the doors of heaven, I can't give you any blessings that you can receive from me because you used it all up in here. You took care of only yourself. Let me tell you something, church. And this is, this is sad, but this is the way it goes in the world. The world comes to us and they see, they see our church. And they see our church and they look at it and they're like, you know, I don't come to that church because it has a lion out in the front. And that must have cost a fortune. It has this and this. And in fact, it's nicer than my house. Can I tell you something, family? I would not go to a church that only took care of itself. This church, WCF Windsor Christian Fellowship, takes care of many other things outside those doors that we don't even know half the time. This is what we do. See, we have many leaders here and elders, and they pray and they see, okay, where is there a need? Because I don't want to get so comfortable that we're just taking care of in here. Do you get what I'm saying? A church needs to be a surplus to other people and bless other people and be the hands and feet outside these doors, outside four corners. We have more corners than in here. There's more than just here. It's out there too. See, here's the thing. I have so many friends that are really, really rich, really well off. And you go to the house and it's a very nice house. And you look at it. But I know because they're my friends how much they make. And I look at the house and I'm like, man, 
you can afford a house 10 times bigger than this. You can afford a sports car in your driveway, but yet you have a, a nice SUV, but no summer car. But he could afford so much more, but he doesn't because he uses other things to bless the kingdom of God, and it's not just for himself. I know so many people. I have a friend. He has, a, you could say, an eight-year-old nice Porsche, eight years old. This guy is so loaded beyond belief, though, he could buy a Ferrari every week if he wanted to. But he's not going to do that because he uses his money to bless and help other people. Can I get an amen to that? See, see, because here's the thing, family. There's some people that don't even make that money, but yet they have a car that they really can't afford, a house expense that they really can't afford, and then we can't be the hands and feet that God has called us to be outside of our own house, and it becomes our comfort zone, and that's all that we ever do. Focus on our car and our house instead of being who God called us to be. Can I get an amen to that, somebody? Because you don't have to be rich to be greedy. I mean, far too long we blame rich people. But I don't know about you, but I know a lot of rich Christians who bless other people with their abilities, with what God has given them, proportion divided, divided to their proportion, to, to their Proportion. Did I say that right? See, because we always look at somebody else's ability when you should look at your ability. See, I need to look at my ability. Lord God, what can I do with the abilities that you have given me? I know I can't bless somebody and give them all this money, but I could do something. Something I could do so that I don't get so comfortable and become complacent. So I don't get so comfortable and become apathetic and think this is all mine. I deserve all this. Come on, somebody. I'm talking to somebody. I need to look at myself. Sometimes we need to just look at ourselves and say, what can I do? Never mind the fact that I'm looking over here and looking over there. I'm looking at my ability and what you have given me to take care of. The valuables that you have given me. The people that you have placed in my life and where I can be a blessing to other people. Other people. It goes on. To say about the Laodiceans, how they receive this water and it becomes lukewarm, that they think it's okay. So I want to show you a little demonstration here, just so we really get the point of this. Mitchell Hunter, can you come up, help me? Mitchell Hunter, give it up for Mitchell Hunter. In a couple min minutes after this, you're going to be blessed by Mitchell Hunter. He's going to come up and give a little message to help me with this message. So Mitchell, we're going to pour water down here, but not yet, not yet. We're going to have to, we don't want to get it all over this carpet. Okay. So, wait, wait. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Not my hair. Not my hair. I don't want to splash. And I have, I have, I just got a haircut yesterday. And I think it looks good. Thank you. All right. So, so the water was coming down from another city. So, pour it out. Pour it in. Let's see what happens here. So, here it's coming. And they're like, mmm, some nice cold water coming our way. Is that it? Hello? Oh. All gone. All right, all gone. Now, now, I know it looks dirty. Thank you, Mitchell. Now, it looks dirty, but here's the thing why I have to make it look dirty. Because I want to illustrate this point so you get a visual. The water that came down was cold. When it came out, it was lukewarm. Now, I can't make cold water lukewarm. I just, I just haven't figured that out with what I made over here with this contraption. So imagine fresh water going in, dirty water coming out. 
And Jesus is saying, I can't use this. How many of us live a life of this? See, I'm sure the Laodiceans, I'm sure they started off well. They started off well coming to church, giving their life to Jesus Christ, having a passion and a desire. But somewhere along the line, what was intended to be used for good stopped and died somewhere. Come on, somebody. And then, and then what we do is we pour it in some glasses and we call it life. And God is saying, I can't use this. I can't drink this. You don't even realize that you're wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Come on, somebody. I'm not here, I'm not here to belittle us. I'm here to challenge us, to get us outside of our comfort zone, to break free from being apathetic, from, to break free from being lukewarm. I, wanna, I don't know what cold and hot really means, if it's combined, or if it's, but I want to be hot for the Lord. And if cold means I want to be a refreshing source for the Lord, then I want to be cold too. But I don't want to be lukewarm. I don't want to wake up one day and realize I'm just a dirty glass praising the Lord, seeking the Lord, but yet I'm doing nothing with what the Lord has given me. I want to be the hands and feet. This is why the church I see is a church that we invest in. Can you stand up, somebody? Not right now, stand up, but stand up and invest in the youth. I'm looking for 23-year-olds that have been coming to church for two years or longer to invest in the youth and help them and guide them and lead them. Because not too long ago, you were a youth and you know what they were going through. We're looking for somebody to help in reach, 20, 20, 18 and up. We're looking for people to help in children's church. Can you be the hands and feet? But you need to get outside your comfort zone. See, Jesus identifies deeds with a person's spiritual state. I'm going to say it again. Jesus identifies deeds with a person's spiritual state. Come on, we know the verse. It is by your fruit you will recognize them. What am I doing to show my salvation? It's not doing it to get right with God. It's through the salvation that now I want to be the hands and feet and I want the will and the desires of the Lord. I don't want it from the world, but I want it from God. So I will be the people that God, the person that God has called me to be with my own abilities. With my own abilities. See, I'm a little bit of a history buff. And the Romans... When they conquered places, they were fierce, and they were fighters. But eventually down the line, something happened to the next generations, because I was watching a documentary on it, and what happened was the forefathers who built Rome, because they fought and they kept on getting outside of their comfort zone, the children, or their children's children, started to get comfortable. So they landed in the comfort zone. And eventually their demise was because they got so comfortable that they lost wars and battles because they, they lived off what their forefathers did. And they got into this comfort zone. Do you get what I'm saying? And the enemy came in and took over. That's exactly 
what the enemy wants for us, for us to get apathetic and become com- too comfortable. Can you give Mitchell Hunter a hand, please? Because he's going to come up and he's going to take some of this home. Ooh, so good, eh? Straight fire. All right, well, before we start, you know, I was just like, I was kind of just paying attention while he's speaking, you know, trying to listen. We're supposed to do, right? Anyways, I was trying to listen, and I was going over here looking at this side, and I was like, I think these guys are like, Pastor Michael, you're crazy. Like, this is like the lukewarm side right now. This is what I'm getting. That this is the side over there? I don't know. Like, it's, I, I kind of got that message. I should water it down for you guys. But when I come on this side, I can fire it up. Is that what I'm doing? Yeah? You guys look a little too comfortable in your seat. Some of you guys are like real snugged in tight. Yeah? So I guess I'm going to keep my back towards you because, like, mm. I'm just kidding. I love you guys. I love you. Does anyone feel a little bit uncomfortable there right now? Does anyone? Is anyone getting this message? I feel uncomfortable. I feel challenged. So if you don't, get ready. Because I'm watching you. I'm looking right at you. If you think I'm looking at you, I am. Okay? All right. So Matthew 25, verse 21. We're going to go back to the scripture reading. Um, and Raylan actually touched on it. She did an amazing job about your comfort zone. So before I start with this verse, I, want, I got some, a point right now. I want you guys to write this down. If you guys are taking notes, bam, right here. Comfort does not mean arrival. Who? It's quiet in here. Comfort does not mean arrival. If you are comfortable, you better check yourself before you wreck yourself. You know what I'm saying? You all have heard it before. We are never going to arrive. We're constantly striving. We're never going to make it. But you know what? We can push forward. So never become comfortable. So um, in Matthew 25, verse 21, it says, The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling the small amount. You didn't stay comfortable. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. It will be added unto you. Because you did not stay comfortable. You didn't stay in that place. And then you look at the end of that verse. Let's celebrate together. Celebration, right? Victories. When we have those battles and we have those accomplishments, we want to celebrate. We want to get excited. Right? And I've never thought about that verse too much, like the end. I was just like, let's celebrate together. Woo! Let's do it. But as I started to look into it and I started to read it more, I was like, hold up. Can we get caught in that celebration? Can we get stuck in that moment? Can that celebration take over our lives? Can we stay there and live our lives according to that one celebration, that one victory, and become comfortable? It's awful quiet in here. All right, I'm going to share a quick story with you guys. I'm sorry, camera people. You guys are probably like, stay stay still. I just like to move. So I played soccer for the St. Clair College uh, a year back, or a couple years back. But there's this one match that we, you know, we played this college, and we usually destroyed them. And I'm not going to say that college because I don't want to offend anyone, but it was Redeemer. Sorry, my bad. Um, so if you have ties to Redeemer, God bless your soul. It's a great school, but I just want to tell my story. So, um, you know what? We played them, and we smashed them. Absolutely crushed them. It was like 5-0. We're like, Redeemer. All right. So guess what? Who do we have to play next weekend again? Redeemer. Yep. And I was in my head. We are like, the battle's been won. The match is already determined. Why play the game? 
hey, coach, can we cancel practice this whole week? Can we just like stay home and like chill? Maybe watch those motivational videos or listen to a song. We are the champions, my friends. Yeah? Can we do that? Can we stay there in that moment? And I was just like, yeah. Let's bring eight guys to the game. You know what? Not even 11. You have 11 on the field, but let's bring eight. Let's show them how good they are. You know what? Let's show them they aren't on our level. They haven't made it. So what happened that game? We lost. I know you guys are thinking, that's not how the story's supposed to go. It's not. We weren't supposed to lose. If you look at our stats, we were not supposed to lose. Something's not right. And at the end of the game, I sat there and I was like, like, what happened? This is not how the story's supposed to unfold. This isn't the fairy tale I was like imagining. We lost the game. And I sat there and I just had an eye-opening moment. Anyone have those like eye-opening aha moments? I just sat there and I was like, you know what? I was, I was comfortable in my celebration. I was comfortable with where I was at. I was staying in that celebration. You know what? I wasn't focused. I wasn't looking towards the next battle, that next mission. I was comfortable with where I was at. And you know what? Because of that, I missed the mark. And you know what? Maybe my team thought, hey, the same thing. Yo, we're going to crush them. But I jumped on board with them. I was like, you know what, guys? You're so right. And I missed that mark. And how easy is it to stay in that celebration and to become comfortable See, and I just want to clarify, celebrating's not bad. Got nothing about, again, celebrating your victories because, you know what, that, those are amazing moments when you can come together with people and celebrate. You know what, you got that job promotion. You got a great mark on an assignment. Celebrate those victories, but don't stay there. See this, this box, right? That danger zone, don't stay there. Don't stay in your celebration because this becomes a danger zone. This is, this is a place that will hold you back. If you get stuck in that danger zone, you know what? You're going to miss out. There's opportunities and things you're going to miss out and neglect. Because God's got something for you. But if you're staying here, you're staying here. Let me tell you, you're missing out. God has so much for you. So I just want to say this right here. This is another good point. I'm like, Jesus. You know what? Your growth lies beyond your comfort level. Hmm. It's awfully quiet in here, you know what? It's nice to come Sunday to Sunday, you know what? Just come to church, then just leave. It's nice to get comfortable. Growth, who needs that? I can grow tomorrow. Tomorrow's a new day, right? Okay, I know, guys, sorry. Pastor Mike's like, Mitchell, just calm down a little bit. He's like, you got to settle down. You're giving me a bad rep. He gave me five minutes. He was like, Mitchell... You have five minutes for Sunday. And I was like, five minutes? I'm like, dude, it takes me 10 to pray. Easy. You want five minutes? He's like, yeah, just tell like a little story, you know, see your points. I was, you want a story? You want me to start the story, right? Because there's no way I'm going to finish it. Like, you can take it for me. You can tell my story because that's five minutes. And right now he's feeling a little uncomfortable because I'm not supposed to be up here. Right? You know what I'm saying? But, like, he gets a little taste of his own medicine, right? It's pretty good for him sometimes to just humble him, bring him down. Yeah? I'm sorry, guys. I'm getting a little too crazy. But remember, guys, this comfort zone, we're not called to stay in it. Step outside of that box. Don't stay there. All right, PM, take over.
All right. So I love what Mitchell was saying because we got to close this up pretty soon. But I love what Mitchell was saying about the danger zone because we do need to step outside of this comfort. Right? But outside this comfort is discomfort. Discomfort. It's not that comfortable sometimes stepping outside your comfort zone. Right? We like to stay in there. We like to stay inside our comfort zone. See, see, I don't want to be a charade. I want to bring back that charade where what I think I'm doing is all good. And just because I put a little umbrella in it and make it look pretty, it's not lukewarm anymore. See, I don't, want to, I don't want us, church, this is the thing, like Mitchell said. It's okay to praise and worship and, and see God when we're in here. I'm all for that. I'm all for worshiping and singing. But this is not where it ends, family. We need to step outside and maybe be a little bit uncomfortable. Let me just go out over here for just a second. I'm going to sit down over here. I'll sit over here. Can I just sneak in over here for a second? This looks cozy. You know why this is cozy? Because there's three chairs that I get to sit in the middle and nobody beside me. Very comfortable. Oh, it's dark for streaming. Oh, they're not going to get my... Oh, there we are. Hello. Okay. Hey, Vic. How you doing, man? Awesome. This is comfortable. You know what, guys? I really like just sitting... I've never sat in this area before. It's very comfortable. Can I ask you a question? Yes. I forgot the mic. Um... Yes, thank you. I would need to ask Victor a question. Now, this question, like, I'm just going to ask you a quick little question. Who is your favorite pastor? Pastor RJ. Wait, 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 wait. Listen, 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 guys. It's not about the pastor. It's about getting the word of God. You don't rely on one person to, 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 to dictate your whole life. All right. Favorite pastor. And just, you know, let me hear. Pastor RJ. It's just got a little bit uncomfortable here for just a minute. I'm going to go sit, wait, let me find another spot. I'm going to go sit somewhere else, somewhere else. Where, where can I sit? Where, uh, I'm going to sit, let me just sit, I'll sit right over, I'm going to sit right here, I'll by myself. It's more comfortable here. But you know what? But let me tell you a story about a church in Edmonton that I used to attend to before I moved back here. In this church, I would sit kind of close up to the front. It was a very small church. And there's a couple that always sat on the back row. Always on the back row. Is there some people here that always sit in the same spot? You've been coming for church 20 years and you're still in the same spot? It, is, it literally has your, your glutes pressed in to the seat. It's like a high-end chair where you, you, know, you, you set your settings. It's set for you. So in this church, in this church, there were this couple that I got to know because I was a youth and children's church pastor, a small church, and I got to know the kids. So they always sat in the back. So one time I was sitting up there, and I'm like, man, I wish they would just leave the back seat and just come up to more of the front. So we're, we're worshiping, we're praising God, and we're singing. And, and um, I turned to the back, and they were behind me this time, the whole family. I'm like, yes, they're outside of their comfort zone, getting a little bit uncomfortable. Now, what I'm about to say is... It might offend somebody. It might. It's really embarrassing to me, and it's very hard for me to say this because I'm opening up a little bit to you all. Um, we're worshiping, and my wife's beside me. My kids are there beside me, and we're worshiping, praying. And do you ever, like, when you cough, like you kind of let one out? <laughs> Come on, somebody. Don't act all holy and religious on me. This happened in a church. Come on. You know, you're like... <coughs> squeak, 
And he's like, when did we get mice in the church? And I was like, no. So beat and embarrassed at that moment. And I did what any red-blooded Canadian would do. I nudged my wife. I'm like, did you just... She's like, what? what are you talking about? And you know, like, it didn't smell like roses. I know, I'm sorry if I'm offending you, but it happened in church. I'm just telling you a true story. I mean, and don't, don't give me all this because I was in youth a couple weeks ago and we were worshiping and I was in the front lines, man, front lines, and there's some kids in front of me and one of the youth let one go so bad, these are false eyelashes. That's how bad it was, seared right off. $100 eyelashes right now. Because that's how bad. So do you know what I did? I backed up, went way in the back, 10 feet out. And I said to one of the youth girls, I'm like, man, somebody just like let one go. And she's like, Pastor Michael, I could smell it here. That's how bad it was. So what do you think happened when I came back next week at church that Sunday at that small church in Edmonton? They were sitting in the back. In the back. I'm like, no, it's because of me. It's because they couldn't get past the discomfort. Can you turn on, put the verse on John 4? We got to close up here. John 4, verse 4. John 4, verse 4. This is a part where Jesus was going to Samaria. Now, I'm going to tell you the middle of this part before I read in the beginning of it. Jesus meets a woman at the well, and he tells her and tells her and talks to her that he is the living water, the true living water that through him you will have true eternal life, that he was the hands and the feet, that he, he, he went to go see her so that she could be the hands and feet for Jesus. So then she went to tell other people about this living water, that she went outside of her area, that he is the well, the living water. But all this happened right when this happened. He needed to go through Samaria. Everybody say needed. He needed. Everybody do. He needed. It was necessary for him. It's being, it's being in a situation that you are, are di di so distressed about that it requires immediate action. He needed to go to Samaria. It wasn't like, I need to go to Samaria. See, because this is a thing. They did not like to go through Samaria, the Jews. So Peter and all the apostles were like, well, let's go on the east side. And Jesus is saying, I need to show you something, Peter. I need to show you something, that you get outside of your comfort zone. Instead of walking on the east side, we're going to go through Samaria because I need to go through. It is necessary that I am the hands and the feet of my father. So Peter, I'm trying to show you something. You got to keep moving forward and stop relying to what you know and staying in your comfort zone. See, what I needed to do and what they needed to do was get past the discomfort. So in that youth, instead of me going backwards, I need to go forward and I need to keep going forward. I need to keep being the hands and feet no matter how uncomfortable it is. Because like Mitchell said, it's in your discomfort you will grow. And I need to keep moving forward. And you guess what? This is tough in some tight jeans and I haven't stretched in five years. And I'm going to keep on going forward. But go to verse 6. What does it say? What does it say? Therefore, being wearied from his journey, was Jesus tired? It's going to be tiring when you get in your comfort zone and you're going to keep pressing on. And I'm sorry if I hit somebody, but I'm going to keep pressing on. Hey, girls, I know this is going to be tight because there's actually no seat here. But this is where I'm going to sit down for a while. 
How are you girls doing? I know it's a little uncomfortable because I'm sitting on a bar and you guys are kind of sitting on a bar and I got my hands around you, but your dad's here, so he's making sure everything stays legit and I'm a pastor, so it's okay, it's all good. And it gets uncomfortable. Is this not uncomfortable? Is this a little, it gets a little uncomfortable. But girls, 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 I can't stay here that long. I'm going to be the hands and feet for Jesus, but I need to keep moving forward. Is that okay? I love you girls, but we need to keep moving forward. So I'm going to keep on moving forward. Tristan, I'm coming your way. I'm coming your way. But, but here's sometimes what we do. I got a Charlie horse, so I'm going to take a shortcut. We don't want to go through the discomfort. So we try to pull one over Jesus. Listen. If we want to grow, we need to open up the door and go through the past the comfort into the discomfort. Amen. And then what happens? We grow. Listen, it is just not these four corners that we grow in. We grow in here, but we need to grow out there. We, we start volunteering. We start helping out inside of these four corners because there's four corners out over there. But guess what? There are more corners outside these doors. Come on, somebody. Jesus is the living word. He's the truth and the light. And he, we will thirst no more with Jesus Christ. So yes, it may be a little bit uncomfortable but I will keep moving forward and I won't go backwards and give up and give in because I do not want to be a charade and be lukewarm. Oh, I got an umbrella. It looks so good, doesn't it? It does. I mean, this looks pretty much drinkable, but if I were to drink it, I would spit it out and I don't want any of us to be wretched, poor, pitiful, and naked. Can we rise up for Jesus our Lord and just say, Lord God, use me I desire what you desire and I will serve you and follow you. I thank you, Lord God, in this day that we will be people, not like the Laodiceans, but because you love us, you have called and rebuked us to make sure that we stand forth and keep pressing forward and open the doors of our comfort and open the doors to discomfort and then open some more doors to some more discomfort but we're going to keep on pressing in Lord Jesus I want us all to be the hands and feet because we have something an ability somewhere to serve you Lord God we give you all the honor and all the glory and all the praises we worship you Jesus oh somebody give Jesus a shout that he has strengthened you, that he's given you something so you can be the feet of Jesus Christ, that you can be the voice of our Lord and Savior, that you can be the hands who guide somebody to the living water. Can we get an amen to that? Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. As the God Almighty came in human flesh, shed his blood, I mean, pain, got a little bit of pain, just a little bit of pain maybe. I don't know. The Bible says you couldn't recognize him, so you figured out how much pain that could be. He was so uncomfortable, yet he did it anyway to get outside his comfort zone because he didn't want it to become a danger zone, that he stretched out his arms for each and every one of us so that we can have eternal life, so that we can be his hands and feet, so that we can also step outside of our comfort. That's what we need to know. I ask you, Lord God, that we can truly be your hands and your feet. And we will not sit in comfort any longer. And all those agreed said, 
Amen. Listen, everybody, be blessed. I hope you have a great weekend, and we hope to see you here next week. Amen? Amen. Amen.